This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a set of 10 uniquely beautiful diamond rings. And they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. This exciting collection of truly unique limited edition diamond engagement rings is available now only at BlueNile.com. Here we go. Rejecting the screen. Noah Kozlov out here on the East Coast, out West, Adam Stanko. Just two plugged-in dudes talking hoops and a little bit of life. We will go ISO on Thursday, as we always do. A long-form interview that will be as revealing, as personal as all the others. So we appreciate you subscribing, rating, reviewing on Apple Podcasts, following on Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Make sure you spread the love as we share the love with you. Coming up, we'll let you know the NBA prospect in college that Adam's most looking forward to seeing this week. I'll let you know the game team that I'm most looking forward to, plus the face of the NBA once LeBron moves on, coming off Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. But Adam, I know you want to start before we get into a little bit about inside the NBA, Shaq, Barkley, what their jobs actually do entail. I want to start with the Knicks trade. It, it takes a lot for me to be fired up about something that is happening on the court this year during a pandemic. Not so much for you. I was fired up. No, I'm I'm locked in to this to this Knicks trade because I'm sitting here watching Knicks this season, and I think they've started to finally figure it out. You got the right coach in place in Tom Thibodeau, which if you want to refer to him with by his nickname, like everyone seems to do, Thibs, and uh, it's Thibs and and it's Spo, right? Those are the coaches you get you get away with that. Pop, I guess you could say that that too. Uh, but but the interesting thing is, it seems like the culture had changed. And now all of a sudden you have some talented young prospects that are there. They're not shooting for the stars anymore. It's not, uh, it's, oh, we're, we're just going to get guys in from free agency. Now it's about, we've got the right pieces in place. We're building through, through the draft. We have good core. We don't have to worry anymore and complain about Chris Stapps leaving. Like now we've got our guys. And so you think about RJ Barrett and then Emmanuel quickly this year, not to mention Obi Toppin, who I'm, um, certainly excited about and Randall is having a fantastic season the best season of Julius Randall's young career and all of a sudden we're seeing his promise start to come to fruition so it's like you finally have score in place and now you go and make a deal in which you bring in Derrick Rose and you just throw that whole Mitchell Robinson too I didn't mention you throw that whole thing out of whack because here's a guy that Tom Thibodeau has has history with and would love to see the Derrick Rose of old, of course. I think Derrick Rose will be a good influence on some of the young talent. But in terms of the development, you have a guard in Emmanuel Quickly who you have to let go at this point. And already the Knicks have been hesitant to do that. They've been afraid to give him the reins. He's been outstanding whenever he's gotten minutes. It blows me away that you make a trade for Derrick Rose, who's an unrestricted free agent this offseason, by the way. But you make this trade for him. And then now you're going to limit the minutes, the opportunities, the leadership that you could have with Emmanuel quickly to close out his his rookie year. I'm stunned that they did this. What what do you think about this? Yeah, so look, they've got 
four second round picks and they're going to give up their least favorable and they're giving up Dennis Smith Jr. So they're not, it's not a matter of what they're giving up. It's a matter mm-hmm. of what they're taking away by adding Derrick Rose. So is he taking Alfred Payton's minutes? Is he taking Emmanuel Quickly's minutes? Is he there to maybe Tom Thibodeau doesn't like the work ethic out of a lot of guys and he wants to bring Derrick Rose in there to show them the way? I don't know. But if it's taking away minutes from Emmanuel quickly, I'm not for it. If it's taking away minutes from Alfred Payton, yeah, great. I'm fine. But if it's taking away the minutes from quickly, that would be the issue. The, the question is, and you see this with a few franchises around the league, fans are split as to what they want to do, what the priorities are. And the organization then is also split. What do we want the priorities to be? Is getting the ninth spot, 10th spot, four games, five games under 500? Is that is that the priority? Or is it, let's, we're not tanking, but we are just building. And we're going to then build with the continuity going into next season and getting these guys their lumps. And if we happen to get into the playoffs with the young group, fine. Get that, get that intense experience of getting, maybe it's the one game. I'm on board with that. The mm-hmm. getting in or trying to get in at the expense of something else, I'm not all for it. Because the, the fact is, they're not tanking. They're just building. And I think that's a that's something that gets conflated amongst fan bases. And one thing I'll say, and I learned this years ago talking to front office people, and that's whenever a trade is made, you always want to look at the financials And then you want to look at the impact of the roster moving forward. So again, it's in this case, it's not a huge financial deal because like I said, Derek Rose is a guy who's going to be hitting free agency. Now, I don't think the Knicks are going to plan on re-signing the guy, but who knows if all of a sudden he excites them for a few games. Now you can totally see that being a New York move where the Knicks say, Oh, we've got to re-sign this guy. We overpay for, for Derek Rose moving forward. But the, but the other But the other one is, how does the team look going forward? And when you have a young core that you want to get them, as you point out, you want to get quickly his minutes, he already, I felt like, was being stunted. What? Because he was only playing in a reserve role. They weren't playing him as much as they could. I think it's like 18 minutes a game. And you just were waiting to see when I'm going to unleash this guy. So to add another guard to the backcourt, who obviously the head coach is very fond of, is one thing. And then the other part of all this is the interesting dynamic now between the head coach and Scott Perry and Leon Rose in the front office, and who's making decisions. And I will say, I always love when a head coach makes personnel decisions, or at least is involved in them, because they're the ones that have to play these guys and have to like their playing style. But it can be dangerous, because sometimes at least GMs and presidents can see the big picture, whereas coaches are always worried about security, to your point, about how do we move up a a spot heading into the playoffs. Well, we do know that Shaq and and Charles will appreciate Derrick Rose because he played, he started playing before, let's call it 2015. So anybody knew, you know, and look, a a guy who came up not shooting threes, going strong to the basket. Yep. That's, that's the type of guy that, that can, that's the only type of guy that can win games in Shaq and Barkley's mind. So I want I do want to touch on this because 
it's a topic again, and it's a topic that I am endlessly fascinated by that Barkley's job is to talk about the NBA and he gets paid a ton of money for it and they win Emmy after Emmy after Emmy. And yet he sits up on the set and says, this is awful. I don't want to watch this. So he's saying, replace me. I don't want this job. I don't want to be watching basketball. And yet he wins. Then he just keeps winning awards and gets paid more money. It's like you're trying. It's like the time when George Costanza was trying to lose his job with the Yankees and he stole the (laughs) World Series trophy and he's driving it around the parking lot. And he got a promotion. (laughs) No, it's incredible. The fact that inside the NBA isn't just lauded as as the as the best NBA show out there. That's way beyond that. And I was at ESPN at a time where there was early talk about how do we compete with these guys? And literally in meetings where just executives were throwing their hands up like, what do we even do? I I don't know who we even put out there. And, And you've seen the mix of people and analysts and hosts that that they've tried to make work on the ESPN side. Just no way to capture that formula and the chemistry of the show. And the way that Inside the NBA is built as a show, Ernie Johnson, an incredible host. I mean, just the master of ceremonies who understands how to weave in and out of conversation and all that, get the most out of his guys, push them when they need to be pushed, tease them when they need to be teased, shut up when he needs to shut up. And the show just allows for conversation. I love all of that. And the humor, I love all of it. But when it comes to the way they treat the modern game, it's incredible that the NBA is like having their product and your best show out there that supposedly promotes the NBA is constantly bashing the product that's that's on the court and the style of play, the players themselves, the coaches, so on and so forth. Right, so the problem is that, well, I should say, you can get your information from so many different sources these days. So if you don't want to watch those guys, don't watch them. I, I watch now as just to be able to talk about what they are saying and, and who they're and who they're killing. So it's it's entertainment, but it's cringeworthy entertainment. And there's no way the league likes it. And if you know when when fans are tuning in and then getting their opinions, a lot of them are from Shaq and Charles. And I'm leaving and I'm leaving Kenny out of this more sure. so because he doesn't really factor into this. But if I'm Ernie, at one point I would say, "So then go home, are you know, and see how that goes over." You know, if right. Charles just says, "This is awful. I don't want to watch this. That the the league is awful." I would, if I'm Ernie, one night I would say, "Sam, go home. Donate your check. Donate donate your game check tonight. Go home." To that point. To that point, Noah, watching the broadcast that Jack was on with Dwayne Wade. After Shaq had um, had his interaction, these interactions are becoming sort of like I, I, who doesn't like sort of love the, the 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 person Shaq is like we all enjoy Shaq and in his in his place, but like these weird interactions he's had with players, like I'm trying to push them and get the most of them. He had an exchange with Dwayne Wade after he had done that, 
And Wade challenged him and basically said, like, hey, man, like, essentially what you're doing, like, you're not even really, like, paying attention. And then basically said, like, Rudy Gobert, you, Shaq, you're always making a big deal. Like, he's not worth the money and all that kind of stuff. But what Rudy Gobert does, like, it's not his fault. He was defensive player of the year. I mean, this guy, like, that's who gets paid nowadays in, in the league and all that. This weird jealousy. It, it was just cool seeing Dwayne Wade, of all people, who's new to the game, like challenge Shaq, go in, have some thoughtful responses about Donovan Mitchell, about Rudy Gobert, bringing something else to the table. And it was refreshing because we just don't see that anymore. Ernie does it once in a while, but you what certainly if, don't see it from Charles and Shaq. What if Bill Russell had said, Shaq never let... Shaq never led the league in rebounding. What? He, he doesn't deserve that money. He doesn't deserve it. I mean, there could be plenty of those guys who could crush the that next generation because they were making boatloads more money. Like, unimaginable money to Russell, Wilt, those guys. And I was doing a clubhouse thing. This was not this past week, but the week before. And it was in the NBA's room and Sean Marion was in there on the stage and he brought it up about, well, it's, you know, I like how you know, Shaq challenging these guys. And I said, and I, I interrupted him. I said, why is that his job? And why is it Shaq's job to challenge Donovan Mitchell? So a lot of the guys, they'll do things like charitable work. Okay. Behind the scenes, not tell anybody the way I was taught to do charitable work that you're not preaching it and shoving it in everybody's face. So if you want to challenge them, why don't you do it the same way? Why don't you go behind the scenes? Why don't you talk to Donovan Mitchell? If you feel if you feel that strongly that you want to call out Donovan Mitchell on national television because you feel so highly of your you think so highly of yourself to think that oh I'm going to be the one that's going to challenge Donovan Mitchell and it's going to change his world. Enough. Real quick on this, KG's got a book coming out and he did a Q and A in the New York Times. Now I would love to see. KG on that set because he got relegated to what was essentially the kids table with area 21, which was so much fun to watch. I loved it. Loved when that was on. So he says here about guys playing today, the game is at another level. I don't think guys from 20 years ago could play this game. 20 years ago, guys used their hands to control players. Now you can't use your hands. That makes defense damn near impossible. Can you imagine not hand-checking Michael Jordan? Nah. The fact that you, can, you can't touch players gives the offensive players so much flexibility. Defensive players have to take angles away and stuff like that. But, you ha- but if you have any creativity and ambition, you can be a great offensive player in this league. So instead of taking the, the, the route of, well, you can't, play, you can't play defense at all, in the route of if you want to be a great defensive player, you have to learn how to do this, this, and this which is pretty much the opposite of what Jack and Barkley say. I'll say one final point on this, and that is Oscar Robertson for years was criticized because it was almost like he said the same things that Jack was saying. He would always criticize the next generation, and he felt like he was never appreciated for his greatness. And I sort of feel it's the same thing with Shaq, which is so strange because people do appreciate Shaq's greatness. They also appreciate Oscar Robertson. But still... Point being, I think the big O always felt like, hey, you're not putting me in that greatest ever category, all that. Look at what I did throughout my career. And and point well made. 
But it's just so interesting. Oscar Robertson almost was hurt by it from a public persona standpoint. And meanwhile, Shaq gets credit for it and is praised for being that guy that's sort of ripping on, on today's generation. All right, so those were some of the faces of the league's past. Who's the face of the league's future? BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. I had money on the under for the Super Bowl. That hit. Didn't bet anything else. The under did. Sure, I'll pat myself on the back. Football might be over, which it is. NBA, college hoops, NHL, full swing. They've got odds on TV shows, reality TV, anything you possibly imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the new scores, odds, best way to place your bets, free to sign up. Head over to the website, betonline.ag. You can use your mobile device as well. Sign up today. Receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code is locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D on locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. You know, here on Locked On, we've got your team every single day in all sports. Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered across the sports landscape with Locked On Today. Hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, also host Locked On Packers. It's all the sports news you need every morning under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Now, we were texting a little bit last night during the Super Bowl. We record this on Monday afternoon. And Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl at 43, face of the NFL. And we're thinking about, well, what happens when... LeBron ends up moving on at some point. LeBron's been the longtime face of the NBA. I've long said that LeBron father time doesn't catch up to LeBron because LeBron actually is father time. So I don't know when he's going to hang it up. If his son makes the league, I remember saying it five, six years ago that LeBron would be waiting for Bronny to play in the league with him. The next faces of the league, in my opinion, have to be guys who have won titles, which narrows it down. And, but that's for me, that's where the conversation starts because Adam, when you look back at faces of the league of magic and bird, let's go back to the eighties, magic and Bird won titles, then Jordan won titles. And then Kobe, LeBron, Shaq won titles. You've got to be a guy, not just MVPs. You have to win titles. So here's the question. LeBron could play long enough to wear out the other guys, just like Jordan did in a sense for his generation. So I'm curious as to if the next generation, the next star, the next face of the league, if by time, if LeBron doesn't hang it up for another three or four years, obviously very possible at this pace, right? I mean, the guys playing right now is the the leading contender for the MVP. So if that's the case, then now I look at age as being the big factor. So Noah, out of this list, and I, I want to throw it out because these are the names that I think are coming next. There are guys, obviously, you, you just mentioned who have won titles, guys like Steph Curry and KD that you could say, okay, they could certainly be next, especially if they win it this year. Let's say the Nets were to take it you know, this year or something, and Kevin Durant now moves into that category. But let's just throw this out there. For the younger generation – who do you like as the face of the league, let's say in 10 years? So it takes on that Patrick Mahomes mantle of the guy, okay? Joel Embiid turns 27 March 16th. Giannis is 26. Devin Booker's 24. 
Jason Tatum turns 23 on March 3rd. Um, Luca turns, uh, Trey is 22. Luca turns 22 February 28th. John Morant's 21. Zion Williamson's 20. LaMelo Ball is 19. And then a few other names, obviously, Cade Cunningham may be number one pick in the draft this year, coming up next year. And we'll even go a high schooler, Chet Holmgren, the number one high school player in the nation, for those who haven't seen him, a seven-footer who uh, people may have seen the video where he crossed over Steph Curry and all. He could shoot the three and also take it to the hole at, at, as a seven-footer. Who do you see 10 years from now out of that group of guys as being, because LeBron will not be playing in 10 years, I think. Who is the face of the league out of and is it among that group? I think Giannis has the charisma to do it. An international player as the face of the NBA is something that the league itself would salivate over. Luca's there as well. I can't, I'm having a tough time projecting the, the title. This year, Embiid has the best chance of that group, I think, to win a title. Mm-hmm. I'm having a difficult time putting any of those guys in the LeBron orbit. That's the problem. It is the problem. And it's crazy because it's, we've talked about this, but the league on the whole has talent spread across the board. You mm-hmm. go to any team and you say, man, look at the Kings and they've got De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, every team has somebody that you can really get excited about other than maybe the Pistons. It could be argued like, you know, who you're really excited about on the Pistons. Dennis Smith at this point now, bringing it back to our A block. Um, I, I, I look at the list and I say, you know, the guy to me that I think may stand out and partly because he's playing with a young core, but John Morant, I think, has a great chance. So stay that. with that. So stay with that because for this next generation, Adam, it's going to have to be someone who can produce the highlights that, this next generation is consuming and the way they're consuming them. John Morant has that for sure. John Morant has that. Like Joel Embiid has the personality, but doesn't have that type of highlight. Giannis, I believe, has both. Luca has both. International players, is that going to work in the United States? If John Morant can do it, man, he's got everything. He's got it all. And he's, you know, he was the sort of the underdog. He has, he has charisma. He's explosive. He's also an unselfish player. He's had success already early in his career. He's got sort of all the pieces and still just, just 21 years old. And the other name that I, that I had mentioned, LaMelo Ball, you know, the other night he had a 34 point eight assist, zero turnover game. And I tweeted out the fact, I looked it up. I said, Who's the last player to have 30 points, eight assists, and no turnovers? Like, or not the last player. Who's the youngest player ever to do it? LeBron at 21. LaMelo pulled off this game at 19. Now, part of it was just circumstance because it's his first zero turnover game of the year. It's not like that's what he's known for. But bottom line is he has the ultimate highlight reel. He has, he's everybody follows him on, on social media. And it's just a question for all these guys and him especially, obviously, but I would say Trey Young on one of the camp as well, of guys that like are spectacular and can do incredible things. But is it going to translate into wins? And that's the next step to your point as to titles. It has to start just wins and then it goes evolves to titles. Right. And that's the thing that's so difficult to project. That's why I thought what 
Tony Romo said about Patrick Mahomes on the broadcast, the Super Bowl was so ludicrous when he started getting into the, yeah, this is different now, seven for Brady, one for Mahomes. It's much more difficult for him to catch him like six, two. You could start to make the case because Mahomes going to be back in the Super Bowl tons more times. And I was like, really? Like, how do you just, how do you throw that out there? Like how difficult it is to get to the Super Bowl injuries, things change. Like, how do you just throw out there that Patrick Mahomes is going to get to the Super Bowl over and over and over again? We know LeBron can get to the finals over and over and over again. These guys were not so sure. And we think about magic. Yes. Winning the title in his rookie year, playing center and all that kind of stuff. But you forget about some of the talent that he had and was Mm -hmm. with the Lakers. Obviously, Bird having a chance to play with that front line and also Dennis Johnson, former, you know, great when he was with the Sonics now comes over there. The, there has to be circumstance also with your roster and obviously with Michael Jordan, the way the Scottie Pippen, you know, draft trade, draft day trade went down and, and eventually later he got extra titles because of what the roster looked like. There always has to be roster help. And the question with Bradley Gill, who's 27 years old, is always, is he going to stay in Washington in a terrible organization right now is he going to stay with that team and just ride it out to be loyal or in order to be considered a great he's got to win and he's got to win titles to be that next face Bradley Beal who's been playing as well as anyone from perimeter spot this year would it behoove him to actually force a trade so he could be in a situation where he becomes the guy yeah Bradley Beal basically doesn't really do it for me let you know what we're looking forward to coming up this week. Ty Adam is not looking forward to dealing with any more car trouble. Been spending more time with the tow truck driver and rockauto.com than he has been with his family. It's a family business, rockauto.com. It's turning into Adam's family business. <laughs> Serving auto part customers online for 20 years. He can tell you about his experience, but we really just don't have the time. No, we don't. And no, I will say this though. I don't even know that we need to uh, I don't even know that we need to talk about Rock Auto and and give them some some extra uh, you know sponsorship opportunities because I'm basically funding that organization at this point. Rockauto.com has been incredible to me, but uh, thankfully they have reliably low prices. That's all I'm going to tell you. You're typing in, "Can I buy a new car on this site?" No, but you can buy all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com, reliably low prices for the professionals, the do-it-yourselfers, and as we always say, the try-it-yourselfers, like the two of us are. If you go there right now, you can see all the parts available for your car or truck. Just write Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D, space on, Locked On, in the How Did You Hear About Us box that they didn't know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. This week, Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Adam, what are you looking forward to this week? NBA prospect in college, since you are all over that scene. Sharif Cooper. No, a lot of people have not seen this kid or even know about him. He's a lead guard from Auburn. Exciting point guard. 
averaging 20 points a game, nearly nine assists a game. Uh, hasn't shot it as well as as I know that he's capable of, but he's an outstanding talent. Came in with some high accolades and didn't get a chance to start the season at Auburn, but his productivity obviously is incredible. The thing with Sharif Cooper is he plays the game at his pace and he just is a really talented passer. He can also finish. A lot of people are making Kyrie Irving comparisons because of his ability to score and distribute. I don't know about that. There's only one Kyrie. Kyrie just sort of plays a different style of ball. But the way that Sharif Cooper passes the basketball is has to get you excited. Because, no, I, I love to see pass first point guards again. And that's who this kid is. He's always looking to make that pass, which obviously gives his offensive game in terms of his own scoring some different opportunities and looks because people are always expecting him to make a pass. But his vision, his creativity, and the fact that he plays at his own pace uh, makes him an exciting prospect. They take on Vanderbilt when people are hearing this tonight, Tuesday. Uh, but then they play Kentucky on Saturday, and that's what scouts really care about. How do you do against other NBA-level talent? Obviously, Kentucky's been struggling this year, but they have a lot of NBA talent. It'll be interesting to see Sharif Cooper go up against Kentucky for a second time. Auburn beat them the first go-round. He had a terrible first half and a strong second half. I bet Cooper goes off against Kentucky, and once again, his name starts to rise. He's now about mid-first, maybe mid to late-first on a lot of draft boards. I think this kid ends up in the lottery before it's all said and done. Say the quick Sharif Cooper story. I fell in love with him two years ago at the Bass Pro Tournament of Champions. Call that tournament for the past 10 years, CBS Sports Network. It is the best high school basketball tournament in the country. And McEachern High School, public school in Georgia, his teammate, Isaac Okoro, now the rookie with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And they played five guys. Talked about this when I talked about Okoro earlier. Mm -hmm. Five guys all year. Maybe they would play a six-man. Some games, maybe for a minute or two. Five guys all year. A national schedule. Undefeated. State champions. He played against... They beat uh, Sunrise Christian from from Wichita, Kansas. They beat Sunrise Christian in the... um, championship game but in the in their second game they played against mike bibby's team shadow mountain and mike bibby is no longer the coach there for all sorts of reasons but they were playing against jalen house who is eddie house's son who would not stop talking would not stop talking sharif cooper forced jalen house into a seven for 24 one for 11 three-point night okay one for 11 from three Sharif Cooper got to the line 19 times against Jalen House. Just ate him up. And he was tournament MVP. I loved Sharif Cooper the moment I the moment I saw him. What I'm looking forward to this week on the NBA side, the Houston Rockets. Just trying to figure out who are the Houston Rockets. So I'll throw you some numbers. Since the, the Harden trade, they're seven and five. Only teams with more wins since January 15th, Utah 12 and one. Clippers have nine wins. Lakers have eight wins. Sixers have eight wins. They've got the best defense in the trade since the trade by a mile, a defensive rating of one or two and a half, which is almost three points better than the Lakers. They're not a great offensive team and they turn the ball over a ton, but they're starting a six game road trip this week at Charlotte. But the games I'm really looking forward to is they get, then they're in New Orleans against the Pels on the back end of a back to back. Mm-hmm. And then they're at Miami on Thursday. So who are the Houston Rockets? I think we're going to find out a lot about the Houston Rockets, how they handled this road trip, especially 
the back end of the back-to-back against the Pels, whose offense has been terrific recently, and Miami on Thursday. So who are the Houston Rockets? That's what I'm looking forward to because I've enjoyed watching the Rockets since the trade. Going ISO every Thursday, go back and listen to previous episodes of the podcast with all sorts of NBA greats, Hall of Famers, media members, personal stories that you won't hear anywhere else. So we do appreciate you subscribing, rating, reviewing on Apple Podcasts, following on Spotify. Adam and I do this every Tuesday and Thursday. The two of us on Tuesdays, Hoops and a Little Bit of Life, long-form interview comes your way on Thursday. Frank, I saw unable to join us on today's program, but you can check us out on Instagram at rejecting underscore the underscore screen. Adam is on Twitter at NaysmithLives. I'm at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. Everything else on the Locked On Podcast Network, Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, all things NBA Draft, Locked On NBA National Program five days a week, Hollinger and Duncan, John Hollinger and Nate Duncan, Locked On Fantasy Basketball with our guy Josh Lloyd. Go back and listen to that episode. You hear Josh Lloyd in Melbourne, Australia, going from being a pharmacist to the most listened to fantasy basketball expert in the entire world. He hosts Locked On Fantasy Basketball, and we did a rejecting the screen with him just two weeks ago. Adam? Thanks, pal. You are the best. This episode was brought to you by 101010, an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana. 10 design masters have each produced a set of 10 uniquely beautiful diamond rings, and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. This exciting collection of truly unique limited edition diamond engagement rings is available now only at BlueNile.com.